Coach's Corner with Kelly and Landry, bringing you views and ideas from the coach's perspective. Welcome to Coach's Corner, everybody. It's already episode four. As promised, we have got a great topic for you guys today. I'm your host, Coach Kelly, alongside with my co-host, Coach Landry. On the phone today, we have Mason Holly, a college coach in for Cal State LA in Los Angeles, California. Mason, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's good to hear from you guys. Got the the Athenesi brothers running the podcast, man. I love it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, quick, uh, quick, uh, you know, background story. Um, Mason and and and, uh, and I, and basically my whole family. Um, uh, he's he's like a uh, a third brother to me. He's like a fourth son I'm to my mom. So yeah, he's a stepchild. <laughs> um, I've known him since uh, we've been in sixth grade together. We've been through, we've been through a lot together. Um, and uh, he is now currently an assistant um, college basketball coach for Cal State LA. Um, and before we get to that, um, so both of us are Landry and I and and you are all natives of California, but obviously. Um, it's been a while since, um, Landry and I have, yeah, since we've lived there. Um, and, uh, you know, the first thing I just want to, I just want to talk to you about is, uh, you know, um, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul and, um, how he kind of, uh, you know, let's, let's first start with, take us through that day. I know I was on the phone with you when, when we heard the news, but, um, you know, being a native there and, and a Los Angeles fan, true and true, and um, just take us through that day. Like, you know, even though even that week or that month, like, just take us through what what the city was feeling. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, like you said, we were on the phone together. It was a Sunday morning. Uh, I had just gotten back from a road trip uh, with Cal State LA. We were up north playing somebody, and I was just on the phone with you you know just talking and catching up and then all of a sudden you were like some notification came across and you couldn't believe it and you told me and i was just stunned i was like you're you're joking you know it was like unfathomable um and i was actually on my way to go meet up with some friends and hang out and watch some basketball for the afternoon and we were down in old town pasadena and it was just like a slow eerie wave went over the town and over the city of just like this is really happening you know right. and uh you know for a moment there people were like no this isn't real this isn't real like you know the news reports you know tmz i think was the first one to drop it and then you know then more credible sources started to come out and you know it was just it was a really eerie strange day you know, and you could just, there was a vibe. It was like, you know, every person I was around, it was like you just lost a loved one, you know, someone that was really important to you in, in some way, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Lakers town and, and, uh, and so it was tough. It was really tough. And it was weird. It was a weird vibe. Really so, was. so Mason, so, I mean, all three of us from LA are from LA and we know what Kobe meant to the city, but it's really hard you see on social media like especially i know people out here south carolina georgia and they're talking about you know how much they loved kobe 
And I just try and like, I'm just shaking my head because no one, if you're not from LA, you don't know what Kobe meant to you. Like, so just talk a little bit about what he really meant to the city. Like, and all the people more, more than a basketball yeah, player. Yeah, like right? he like, was like a like it was like a culture like icon almost. Like Sure, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you talk about the people in your neighborhood, you know, back east that talk about it like I think those people are just as credible in 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 their feelings about it. You know, you don't have to be from LA to be a fan of Kobe and I think that's the biggest thing of him. You you've only seen a, a very short list of cultural icons in this world you know people who when they move the world moves you know people are impacted all across the globe and Kobe was definitely somebody like that like yeah it hits more home in LA because you know he spent his entire career here you know won championships with the Lakers parades you know you know, now recently he was in the AAU world coaching his daughter so he was more visible to people um you know, but I definitely think his impact is global. And, right. you know, I think we're seeing that more in, in society today with, you know, you talk about like sports teams. You ask little kids today, who's your favorite team? They don't really have a favorite team. They have like a favorite player. Mm-hmm, and you exactly. see some players who are not many, but some are lucky enough to transcend to being bigger than outside their sports and having an impact on the world. And that was definitely Kobe Bryant, you know? Right. So I I was not, and, and you know this, I was never growing up in LA. I was probably the only one, not an LA sports fan. You know, I, Spurs I, fan I liked, LA. I liked Dodgers. I like going to games, but I, I despise the Lakers as you know, you know, sure. like, and I, I, I rooted sure, against I Kobe, but there was just this, like when it happened, I was like, it, you would have thought not only, you would have thought not only was he my favorite player, but I was related to him. I th- I, that's how hard it hit. And I mean, and there's still mornings where I get up and it's like, I, that's the first thing I think about. And it's like, why am I feeling like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why am I feeling like this? This is, I have sure. no relation to Kobe. I rooted against him, sure. um, you know, my whole, my whole life. Um, and I mean, so I, I can't even but imagine. Yeah, you're a hooper. I know. You appreciate his greatness. You you can appreciate his work ethic and what he did for the game, and you know, hundred percent. You, you hate him because what it was. Good, you know exactly, and and that's the yeah. thing. I always respected him, but I hated him. You know, yeah. and I think one of the you know I, I I took a lot of I took a lot of grief for saying this, and and but it's not it's not how I meant I, I meant it. And I think I told you this. It's this to me was as big as 9-11 but un- until like people are gonna be like oh that's that's insane how can you say that i'm talking about in the fact that he made the whole globe the whole world stand still for that one day and just sure. be in awe and almost unite as a country as a world and just be like we all just lost someone that that we love and cherish sure yeah no yeah for sure yeah 9-11 it's yeah, obviously a horrific tragedy and I think that's in a different category than Kobe but yeah for for a day and for some right weeks, I'm just talking about stopped, the whole global effect of it tracks. yeah yeah no people stopped in their tracks you know I kind of related to like when Michael Jackson passed away oh for sure uh, that's 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 uh, what know, I that said I said that too that. yeah so and uh you know he was just he he was and it was the, I think the, the toughest part for me 
was like seeing what he was doing now in his career. Oh my gosh, yeah. Seeing all the stuff he was, you know, obviously the he won the Oscars and you know he was coaching his daughter, but he was just I don't know he was more like you know all the all the interviews you saw with people they said he just seemed happier now. You know? It was he wasn't so focused and driven on being the best basketball player. He was right. kind of living life you got to see kobe the person not kobe the player which was like and you never saw that before and it was so um, it was amazing to see that part of him yeah yeah and he was just getting started on what he was gonna do yeah and his daughter that's just crushing because she she was probably she was legit i saw her play been live a couple times she was pretty she was Mm. she was the truth yeah i mean yeah it's it's uh that's that's definitely going to be a day in our lives where where we we will always remember where we were when absolutely. we found that news out when that happened right absolutely absolutely yeah so so well let's uh let's transition to other topics here um kelly what, what else what else do you got for yeah me? so mason so i i as uh you know i talked about before you are a um a assistant coach at cal state la um, it's a Division two program, yeah. um, and we just want to talk a little bit about what's going on now, like the pandemic, the virus. How how is this going to affect everything that you're doing in, as a college coach? As like from a recruiting aspect, from are we even going to uh, have sports? Are like are you being affected in any way, or are you scared that there might not be a season? Because obviously, you're in California, you are. You know, you might be in a little more of a threat of being pushed back a little more than like our half of the country. Um, so just take us, it, take us through with the mindset that you and your staff might be going through right now, just along those along those aspects during this time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's a strange time for all of us, and really hard time for a lot of people. You know, losing their jobs, and you know, I'm thankful to still have a job right now, and my family's okay and you know people that are close to me are doing well um but you know our our california has been a state that has been you know more progressive and in kind of taking the first stance and you know just by any means necessary safety first right safety and health first and i think that's the biggest thing um is keeping people safe and healthy and if we got to make some sacrifices and or, or or do some protocol things, you know, wearing masks, gloves, etc., um, I'm all for that. You know, uh, about two two three weeks ago, uh, the Cal State system, uh, the chancellor did announce that uh, Cal States were going to go online for the fall, um, no with no face to face classrooms, uh, everything online, uh, as well as fall sports being canceled. Um, now, technically, basketball is a winter sport, but, you know. It's, but that affects, like, workouts, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we start in the fall. We start preseason. Of course. We can go four hours a week, um, you know, with compliance. And, and you know, then we start playing games, as, you know, early as, you know, start in November. I think our first game, expedition game, was, like, November 3rd this year. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it, uh, it was definitely announced to just for safety. Uh, and you know, I think that is the right thing to do. Um, I think, you know, as many, it's, it's crazy how it's such a trickle down effect and so many things are impacted by, 
this uh, this pandemic, you know, whether it's the sports world and, you know, anything, but just you dig into those worlds and it just keeps trickling down and affects this and this issue and this issue. And there's so many layers to it. It's, it's quite complicated. Um, you know, we got a lot of great leadership at our university, within our conference, you know, within the CSU system. So I'm definitely confident that we're going to play a season um, this year. I think it's going to be somewhat of a condensed season. Um, oh, wow. But our players were being really supportive with our guys, checking in weekly, um, you know, probably going to maybe do some Zoom things here, um, you know, make sure our guys are staying on top of their schoolwork in the fall. Uh, you know, recruiting is, it's been different. You know, you obviously can't go out and evaluate. And right. you know, I say we're recruiting from the couch, you know, uh, a lot of phone calls all day. Um, we've gotten some great commits. We're really excited about the returners we have, the incomers we have. We have a nice balance of, of a young core of freshman group coming in on top of some transfers, Division One bounce backs that we feel are really going to be impactful for our style of play. And so, you know, it's not the ideal situation, right? You know, nobody, oh, of course. nobody planned for this and nobody wants to deal with this, you know, in the way it is. But, you know, I think we're going to err on the side of caution and safety of our players and our student athletes and our students. Um, but I definitely feel like we're going to have a season. We're going to be in line with the NCAA champions championships and, you know, we're going to attack this season just like any other season you know we're gonna work hard and we're gonna <laughs> practice hard and we're gonna execute games and and be prepared and ready to play and and try to go win you know and win big so so so, so mason let me um you touched up on and this this is the thing you know in, in the college world that i i feel like is going to be the most affected for college basketball this coming season so how many recruiting is really difficult i get that you know but you know what? Everyone has to deal with it. Now, the thing that I'm concerned about, and we don't have to deal at Anderson, we don't have to deal with it as much as maybe you or some of these other schools because we don't have as many, is the transfers, right? So you're bringing in transfers, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know you know how hard it is sometimes to get transfers to buy in and they have to get accustomed to your system and, you know, JUCO, D1 tra- kickbacks, whatever sure, you have. Yeah. It's hard. I'm just thinking it's going to be so much harder now to have them grow accustomed to your system, buy into the culture. Like you think that is going to be like, how much harder is that going to be? You think? Yeah, I think it'll definitely, the the added challenge is the, we have less time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we play a 18, 22, 15 game season starting January 1st, you know, we'll probably get a week of practice before, and then we'll hit the ground running. Um, but I'm confident in our staff and the character of the guys we're bringing in that they'll really blend well. They'll blend together well. They'll play hard. At the end of the day, you know, if, if we only got a week of practice before our first game, well, the one thing we can control is our effort. Yeah. You know, and if we play harder than the other team, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win. Um, but it's saying it's not just us dealing with that. Our opponent has only had a week to prepare. Absolutely. You know? um, mm-hmm. And it's like if you're, if, you know, Kelly can speak to this. It's like you're playing a foreign, a foreign tour in the summer. Yeah. You get ten days to practice, and you go play four, six, seven, eight games, whatever, in a right. foreign tour, and you come home. You know, 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think in my you know I just think in my mind when 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 going through you know going through all this and you know everyone cherishes um, the fall the fall for workouts and you know you get we got an extra two hours bumped up this past season so you get four hours on the court like some teams you know need it more than others. So I think it's just going to crush the teams who use that to really like need to improve and put their, you know, learn more about the system and, and, and stuff like that. You know, the teams that have more talent, you know, I think it benefits them more so um, just from like an sure. overall talent standpoint. Yeah, for sure. But I think that benefit, you know, the teams that are more talented or the teams that win. You know, whether you got three months to prepare or three days to prepare, you know? Yeah. Um, I think only but, time's going to tell. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it all depends on – it all depends on are we going to have – okay, we have I, – I, in my opinion, it, it's we have option A, but if option A doesn't work, do we have an option B or C um, just yeah. in case? It can't – I don't think it can be let's have an option A, and then if that doesn't work out, all right, it's done. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Now let me ask you this. You know, and well, I'm no, curious. There is, a, there is a chance. There is a chance that we get to go back earlier and maybe practice a little earlier. That's still an open conversation right. that I think schools are having. And you know, I think it's it's a situation you got to take by day. It's a fluid situation that's going to constantly change. Um, so you just got to see what happens. Now, being out there in you're basically in Pac-12 country, what? What 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 is what is some of the you know the word or the vibe that you're getting from maybe um, coaches or things that you're hearing being in being in that you know environment about um, football you know UCLA USC the, are 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 they are they talking about a complete shutdown are they trying to do it with no fans what what are you what are you hearing out there if anything sure yeah I don't, it's still a lot of unknown you know I've read you know, blogs and, and articles online that how impactful negatively it would be on a university, on some of these universities, if they oh, sure. were to not have a football season, just because of the financial strains, you know, that it would, that it would cause. And, uh, you know, I think most of those schools, you know, the UCLA's, you know, the, the public schools and, you know, USC is a private school. They, I think they pretty much can do what they want it to do. You know, they could, move the team to Arizona and, and live in Arizona and do schooling from there and right. playing games, you know, but the public schools um, that are football schools or football is a revenue for them. You know, I think they're really trying to hold out and, and find a way to have some kind of a season, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, I think the other tough thing is that, you know, this thing is, is being handled on a state level. Um, like individual states as well as individual institutions, universities, conference, figuring out there's not a national, you know, layout or game plan that says, hey, everybody has to follow this, you know, which makes it more complicated. You know, I get it because, you know, every right. state is run differently. And, you know, there's, you know, a school like Alabama, there's football is a, a, a big. Uh, right. Now, let me ask you this. Them, you know? Let me ask you this. So just for argument's sake, in your opinion, do you th- let's let's say there's no college football, okay? Do mm-hmm. you think that puts a little more pressure on college basketball 
to go for that revenue or? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really don't know the answer to that question. You know, you could play it multiple ways that, okay, if they cancel football, then all right, we got to do basketball to make up for some of that lost revenue. Right. Or cancel football. So now we got to cancel. Like how football players aren't playing. How can e- basketball players? Exactly. Play? Right. You know? So it's just, it's so tough and so complicated and there's so many layers to it. And you just got to trust in the process and take it day by day and, and trust that the people who are in leadership positions are going to make the right decisions to, you know, benefit our student athletes, safety, health, but as well as their academics, you know, let's say we don't have a season at all, you know, well then mm-hmm. nobody should use, lose a year of eligibility. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different be, conversation. You know, this, I mean, this be a, you know, when you really talk about student athlete, it could really be a beneficial year to, to get some students closer to graduating. You know, right. Um, but we just got to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, speaking of that, speaking of, you know, getting years back, I know obviously the season starts way before November for these, for these, uh, college basketball players. Um, yeah. but you know, the first game you get is in November, right? And then, yeah. you know, March, you get shut down. They're, they're going this past March, they're going through their conference tournaments, but I mean, I felt so bad. I, I I was hoping that a lot of them, you know, would get their. They can't get their year back, but like deep down, I'm I'm like I'm hoping they do. Um, I mean, but obviously they couldn't, and that was shut down really quickly when it was proposed to the NCA. All winter sport athletes were not going to get an extra year. Um, I think that would have just been too too difficult. But I think you made a good point. That's something that NCA is going to have to look at. Um, if all these things are canceled, how is that going to affect? high school senior recruits and junior, like, is that going to affect where they're going? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it is personally. Um, I mean, cause they're, they're canceling all of July recruiting, Yeah, you know, and it makes it harder. I think it makes it harder. And why you're going to see for this, maybe this upcoming season for recruiting, you're going to see more guys, more coaches go to the transfer portal and look for transfers and look at guys who have already maybe proven themselves at the college level instead of taking a risk on a kid that they haven't really gotten to see live in at, at the high school level. Um, yeah. Mason, I mean, you might have a different. Yeah. Well, you take, you know, you take like unsigned seniors that are coming out of high school, you know, guys that play the spring AU season as an unsigned senior that maybe get a scholarship late, you know, or get a look at, look at late to go play at a national Juco or, something right you know all that's kind of taken away and eliminated so i definitely think uh you know the transfer portal um has definitely been a place coaches are looking at you know there is a vote uh coming up here actually it might have gone through yesterday i don't know what it was but they were maybe going to change the policies on the uh on the transfer rules i don't know if that went through or not right but, yeah I definitely I think coaches are going to the transfer portal because there is no evaluation period. We can't get out and see the kids play in person, um, you know, and so it, it, it leaves people at a disadvantage. And you're right. If there's no season next year, well, then everybody's still going to have all their team. Mm-hmm. So they're not really going to have to bring in a whole lot of kids. So there's going to be less spots. And, you know, maybe you might see more kids go junior college or prep school or right. 
or you know whatever the case may be. Yeah, you the, might the, see, the prep schools are eating this alive the, right now. You might you might see at the uh, at the at the higher level, you know, kids that are nationally ranked. You might see more players go to the G League. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you already saw that kind of trend with four mm-hmm. or five players that are top twenty players in the country coming out of high school um, go that route. You know, which. Um, I'm all for. I think it's. I think it's a great move by those kids, and and it's a great option to have. I, I uh, disagree. I disagree with that person. Yeah, we but talked about that. We, yeah, we talked about that last week. I, you know, like I said, for uh, for it's hard for an 18 year old. You know, that's another topic. But I'll, I agree with you real quick, Mason. Just in that aspect, it's hard for an 18 year old to turn down half a million dollars well, and then no, for the no, next no, year no, to no, be no, no, no. eligible I'm gonna, for I'm the gonna, NBA. I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in here. I'm gonna butt in here. You break down the logistics of it. He's getting five hundred grand to move out to California. After he pays state taxes, he pays his agent. He pays this. He pays that. How much money is he really making? More than he would as a freshman in college. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous, dude. That's so stupid. He's not. Ma- he's making five hundred grand, but how many? How much of that has to go to contracts and taxes? After after taxes, how much is he making? I'm not a math guy. Okay, and not five hundred thousand, sure and he has to live in California. A lot. He's still making a lot. Well, yeah. he's already from California, but he's still making a lot of money. Um, I, I see. And, I I, I know, think you that's can put your family in a position that betters them than they were the year before. Yep. How um, so? He's not going to be able to give them like millions of dollars. Landry, what's your bank account right now? Uh, that's you know what I'm not going to disclose that, but. If I put two hundred grand in your bank account for the, by tomorrow, you'd be in a better place than you were today. But he can't. <laughs> but that's but that's the thing you guys are missing. He won't. He's not even going to have two hundred oh, grand to give out. Landry, Landry, I think taxes are like let's even just say twenty percent. Okay. He's still going to get twenty percent. Twenty percent's a hundred grand. I'm not saying I twenty percent's a hundred grand. It's hard so let's for take an eighteen year old to turn 20, it down. Twenty percent's a hundred grand. Takes him down to four hundred grand. How much do you have to pay his agent? Well, let's just say another hundred grand, man. Okay, so he's down to three hundred grand. So he's going to give two hundred grand to his parents, and he's going to live off a hundred grand. Sure, why not? In California. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he also has in other California where gas in. where gas is like five dollars a gallon. What's he gonna drive around on a scooter? He's got a scooter. Landry, Landry, you're out to lunch on this one. No, no. We we can take a vote, and I guarantee if you look, break it down. It's not I'm that not, much money. Look, I'm not saying I agree with I I agree with the system and that the G League should have done that, but I'm but, saying it's hard for 18 year olds but, to turn let, that down. Let, okay, 18 year olds. How many of the other eighteen-year-olds got five hundred grand deals? He can still he could still enter the draft the following year. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying they, they he was put, the only one that got a five hundred grand deal. If he's ever ready to go back to college, that they'll pay for his tuition. I agree with that. I like that. So, I, I like that. It's like, what, it's like what baseball does. I like that. I like right. that. So, so Mason, we're. I think, but, I think I think any money is better than no money. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let me so, let me uh, to finish up here. I just have one question for you, and we, we you and I talk about it a good bit when we talk about recruiting and and kids. You know, if there's kids listening to the podcast and, and they're and they want they want a real answer from a college coach, not some BS answer from Scouts Focus or this or that. You know, what do kids have to do? What is the best advice you'd give kids trying to play? Not 
any college sport, whether it's college tennis, college basketball, what, what advice would you give them? You know, I would just say that you're always being evaluated. Um, I think you really got to take pride in your academics, your daily habits. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of glitz and glam that goes into college basketball that what it looks like from the outside. Um, but it's a day-to-day grind where you're going to class every day, you're practicing every day, you got weights every day, you got maybe you got study hall. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, and it's very hard to win. Um, and in order to do that, you got to have a real work ethic. So, you know, any kid that's playing on an AU circuit or is an underrated kid, like every time you step on a court, just give it your all. Dive for every loose ball. Go for every rebound. You know, just be coachable. Listen to your coach. Hold your teammates accountable. Just, just show that you're someone who truly cares to be out there and you appreciate being mm-hmm. out there, you know, and obviously you got to have skill, but, um, you know, I think with skill and a desire to every day, just show that you're going to work your, your tail off. Um, I don't know a college coach that wouldn't see a kid do that and, and not offer him a scholarship. You know, I think sometimes kids, you know, it's, it, it's hard, you know, I get it, but you get caught up in trying to score. Or you're listening to everybody else and, you know, you want to, you got this attitude like you've done something already, right? Because you're the best guy in your neighborhood town or you're all county or even all state, you know? But when you come into a university and a college, you're, you haven't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you know. Every, um, and I think, I think that's what people, that kids these days don't understand. When you go into college, everyone on your team was one of the best players on their team in high sure. school. Sure, sure, yeah. And that's yeah. what that's what they don't understand. No one cares about what you did in high school. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would definitely say, you know, buying into a role, you know. Um, you know, if if you're good at one thing, be really good at what that thing is. Um, I think this Jordan documentary is phenomenal and mm-hmm. showing how driven Michael Jordan was to be a good basketball player. You know, right. you talk his college coaches uh, talking about how he was just always asking questions. He always wanted to be in the gym. He was always going the extra mile to be the best player. You know, he wasn't just saying he wanted to be the best player. His actions were showing that, you know, Um, everybody can talk a a big game, but what you actually do and the work you put in speaks volumes. So I don't know if that answers your question, but absolutely uh, that's, that's does. Was Great. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, Mason, we appreciate you coming on. We are definitely going to have you on again. Many more topics to come. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, got, man. Yeah. We miss you too. We hope you, uh, you stay, we, you stay well out there. Um, and I mean, for, for your sake, for our sake and for, I mean, the whole world's sake, we hope that um, college sports and all sports, um, resume as they are supposed to. Yeah, definitely, man. No, and I think it's it's gonna turn out for the best. And we're we always get through everything, and we're gonna get through this just like anything else. And you guys stay safe, and you know your family stay safe. And uh, tell Landry if he gets a hundred thousand, just to throw it my way since it's not. <laughs> it's not really- <laughs> I'll make sure to. All right, I'll I'll definitely make sure to. Just. 
Think, just do some logistics and some math in your head, and it doesn't make that's sense. That's fine. That's fine, man. Whatever I get, I I'm, get I'm going to put money on it right now that that kid doesn't make it in the NBA. Wow. <laughs> All right, Mason. Take care, buddy, and we'll we'll be in touch. All right, guys. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to have many more episodes like that. Tune in next week for another special surprise that we got for you guys. Again, you can listen to us on all platforms, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Go rate us, go like us, go leave a comment, maybe bring up a topic that you guys would like us to talk about and discuss. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Coach's Corner Pod. Follow us there and, and, and DM us if you guys ever have any questions. We will see you guys next week.